We're doing a series called Holy Following Christ, exploring a beautiful and balanced vision of the Christian life. And for the last three weeks, we've been shaping up this journey we want to take as a church right through till Christmas. It's a pretty long series to be doing, but it's got a bunch of pieces in it, and we've just spent the last three weeks setting it up. So what we've talked about is, okay, Jesus came promising parisos zoe, this abundant life, this life that is better than you can imagine, as the message puts it. And in that life, we follow him. He's the only way in to following him in that same uh, way of modeling and being invited into it. He is the pattern to follow. He is the person to follow. He is the presence to follow. He is the one who empowers us to do so. And last week, uh, Natalie did such a good job of talking to us about, okay, so what about the dissonance of we're here, Jesus is calling us to that. How do we change? How do we change in that? And so if you missed that last week, it was just an absolutely helpful and rich teaching. I'd really encourage you to check it out. But today, Today we're starting, we've done enough of the setup, and now today we're going to start the journey of looking at each of these six different lives, these different six facets that Jesus' life incorporated. So just quickly, there's the compassionate life, there's the prayer-filled life, there's the word-anchored life, there's the consecrated life, there's the incarnational life, and there's the spirit-empowered life. And today we are starting the first facet, we're going to look at the spirit-empowered life for the next several weeks. We're going to dig deep into what it is to be people in the life of the Holy Spirit. This is where we're starting. And so to kick us off, we've invited a friend. Uh, a friend is a word I get to use now, and it's, I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Aaron and I met a couple of years ago when we put on with St. Augustine's the event Formatio, which some of you might remember. We brought John Mark Coma over to New Zealand, and uh, we put on this day. And uh, Aaron came and led worship with the Worship Central team. And uh, that's where we met. And ever since then, uh, a friendship has been growing. And uh, man, you're such a gift in my life. And you are such a gift that we could have you today. And, and that's the way we receive you today. You are a gift. You bring a gift to the body of Christ of Aotearoa. What you are doing is prophetic and it's lived and it's incarnational. And today we just want to tap into that a little bit as you come as our guest. So thank you for coming. Coming, coming. Let's welcome him. I'll pray for you. Lord, thank you for the gift that is Aaron and his family, his whānau, and his story, and his church. Thank you for all the lived incarnational experience. Thank you for all the well that he has to draw from today, that he has lived with you, God. And so, Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, as we listen, would we see? Would things be revealed to us? Lord, as we see and read and look at slides, would we hear? Would something come into our hearts? Lord, because you are at work, they are a gift from you today. So speak through Aaron. May we listen and receive this gift today in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Papa. Tuia irunga, tuia iraro, tuia iroto, tuia iwaho, tuia tehere, tangata, karongo te po, karongo te ao. Hamie, 
e te iwi motu hake, te iwi taketake o te whenua nei, ko Ngāti Whātua, e mihi ana ki a koutou katoa, ko koutou te mana o te whenua, ko koutou te whenua hoki. E mihi tēnei ki a koutou katoa, ko wai au e tuake nei, te puake au ki papai oia, engari he totopake e nei e tuana, i mārena tetehi uri o Ngāti Mahanga ko Teata, Kapota ki wahoa tokotoru ngā tamariki ko Tākiri Koteata Hawaiki te matahoutu te aioa. Nō reire, mihi ana kia koutou. Hello everybody. For those of you that don't know, I just recited a whole lot of demonic prayers for the room. So, just in case you're wondering. My name's Aaron and it's a privilege to be here. I come with my wife who's at the back with our little baby te aioa. Um, we have two other children, um, but they, they are, uh, what are they? Um, my oldest child is, is amazing, and my middle child is also amazing, but he's a dinosaur. And so we just felt like, let's just um, maybe leave them at home for a little bit. So um, those, are, those are my other babies. Um, there's some, yeah, they're pretty cute. Eh? Yeah, I did that. I'd help. Um, Okay, so uh, a little while ago, Dan asked me, uh, well, he, uh, a few of us, he said, you know, what, what would you want to speak on? And looking at all of the list that was going on, I thought, even if I chose something else, I would still end up here. So this is uh, a conversation that I'm really excited about. I'm excited about us together uh, asking Holy Spirit to come and meet us today, actually as well. And um, it's my belief that we can't manufacture this stuff, but God meets our longing, whether our longing is fatigued and tired or whether our longing is vibrant and fresh. Um, I'm a, a dad of three kids, and so I hate sleep, you know? And so sometimes my longing for Holy Spirit is not this, is not, has no attachment to energy, right? It's important, eh? Often we, we have this concept that our emotional attachments are what are the de declarations of legitimacy in terms of our relationship with God. And often we, when we go past that and beyond that, we go, oh man, our longing for Holy Spirit is active all the time, even when we're not aware of that longing. So I had a, 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 a vision of sorts this week, and um, I had this picture of this river, and all of these people were tentatively walking towards this river. And they were thirsty, but people were like, oh, I might get jaria, or whatever it might be. Like, I might get sick if I participate in this drinking of the river. And then Dan, who I believe in this dream or vision was a representation of this community, was like way up this mountain, way up the top, and he was just shouting out going, the source is good, the source is good. And everyone was sort of like looking up going like, okay. And people started to drink. And I, I felt like God speak to me about Central Vineyard that you guys are a community that exists to invite tentative saints to drink water, to come to uh, the water that's alive, that's living. And our world is selling us stuff left, right, and center. And even our churches are selling stuff left, right, and center. But we have this belief, this idea that Jesus has come to fulfill a whole lot of different things, but cause us to live and live life to the full. And I just believe that your community is going to be like a signpost to go like, the source is good. You can drink. The source is good. You can drink. So hold it or not. It's all good. I'll go home and my kids will still love me. 
If you get to the end of this and you're like, that was pretty dumb, just remember that I'm not here next week, so get over it, <clears throat> okay? Uh, all right, my mate Donald, I, um, I had a picture, bro, this week, and you were on a luge, the one in Rotorua, and you were sort of going around, but you were going <clears throat> very carefully. Every corner was measured. It was um, like other people were passing you, but you were like not, not upset about that. You were like, no, no, we're just going to go the careful route. And um, you got all the way down, and I, I just felt like God say really simply, man, but that this last season has been part of learning the parameters of your life and, um, and learning how to navigate safely and faithfully, cautiously. Not, not, in a, not in a fair way, but just cautiously with what God's given you, like holding it preciously. And, um, and then uh, God, I felt like God speak to me about Isaiah 6, which is the incredible commissioning of Isaiah, right? You know, like, well, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then Holy Spirit comes and touches his tongue. And, and, and then he kind of says, like, who will I send? And send me. And, um, and I just felt like uh, that God was in this next season, which is interesting, the conversation we had a little bit before, but preparing to reposition you and move you. Um, and I don't know whether that means location, whether that means job, or whatever it might be, but I, I felt like God said that he was going to give you um, a burden of your own that would be your own um, for a people, and whether that's a place, I'm unsure, but I just felt like God said he was going to make it really clear, and he would make it clear by um, there being a really significant moment like that for Isaiah, where you went like, man, Lord, send me. Like the burden would become so clear that you would go, oh, Lord, send me. And I, I don't know whether that means great transition or, or very minor, um, but if that feels like it's alive to you, then feel free to hold up, my brother. So good to see you. Rob, where's Rob? Is he and kids? Yep, all good. No worries. Um, just, oh, he's here. Mate, are you, aren't you meant to be with the kids? Who's looking after them? Oh, they'll be right, eh? It's all that well, self-directed learning, I think, now is the term at school. We'll be fine. All right, kids, open the Bible. Off you go. Um, <clears throat> I had this real uh, simple word, man, but I just felt like God wanted to reintroduce you, not that you've forgotten, but re -rem like remind you again of the goodness of your earthly dad. And, um, and the amazing things that he has left you. I just saw like this well of gratitude like rising in you again as, you know, like everyone, we'll, most of us go to counseling because of our parents. Um, and so no one's perfect. Um, but I just felt like God um, redeeming some of the memories that you have. I read this thing the other day that talked about how most of our long-term memories are actually factually incorrect. They're just um, a, a process of choosing which parts of stories that we remember and building on them. And I just felt like God said he wanted to redeem some of the memories that maybe have been really tough for you, um, but that there was going to be um, an, uh, uh, a flourishing of that relationship to a whole other way. And so I, I don't know whether you've got an amazing relationship or whether it's been challenging, but either way, I just felt like God said he's going to cause a well of gratitude to rise up inside of you. Cool. Um, and just like anything, I'm not God. And so if these things don't make sense, we just leave them in the bin on the way out. Cool. Um, uh, just this lady right here with the black curly hair. Um, I just had this real simple word, but I just saw your eyes being really opened. And um, I, I felt like God was wanting to say, 
whether you used to see things or dream things or have like some real crazy spiritual experiences and, and whether those things have been shut down because of fear, I felt like God was saying it's okay to see again and, give from, and, and that he was going to um, encourage you and give you courage uh, so that when you saw the things that you saw, you wouldn't be frightened anymore, but that you would move from fear to interpretation. And uh, there's something about the gift of how you see the world but how you see the world beyond the world, um, which is really important. Does that make sense to you? Cool. All right, I'll just leave that with you. Cool. All right, should we go home? Okay, so we, we're here to talk about the Spirit-empowered life, this idea that uh, Holy Spirit was going to walk with us and cause us to become the people that we want to become, right? Actually, beyond the people we want to become, uh, the people that He wants us to become, which is, uh, you know, we have such average versions of what we think is great, and um, God sees something really beautiful inside of us. Um, so we're going to jump into this conversation around Teho water, or we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later, but as the Holy Spirit, and I want to start that way by talking about some of the prophets in Aotearoa, because I think it's important when we're going to talk about, uh, well, what we do in the West anyway, is we talk about faith as like, it began with me when I was born, and here I am, it's about this present moment and what's happening in my lifetime, as opposed to participating in a long, old story, not just one that stopped at the end of the Bible and then we just skipped generations and now there's you and God resumes his work, um, but that we jump into the story of God. So I'm gonna talk about this guy here first. Are you all right doing the clicking, bro? You're doing a great job. Toiro Ikariki, he was a prophet from Mahia. Does anyone, you're all Aucklanders, so I, I suspect like 10 of you know where Mahia is, right? I'm just making huge judgments about your geographical knowledge. Um, does anyone know where Mahia is? Oh, amazing, flipping here, you people of the world. Um, so before any Pākehā were here, he was prophesying, okay? So Toiro imaged the coming of Europeans as he made out of flax the curious clothes the strangers would wear and the goods that they would bring. And so he would weave pants out of flax that he'd never seen. He was weaving hats like this one, but probably way cooler. And he got like the mussel shell and ate the mussel and then put soil in it. And then he got a piece of flax uh, or a stick out of the fire, blew out the flame and put it in the soil as if to imitate a steamboat. Unreal, right? Never seen any of these things before. The Spirit of God working. Okay? Now he made this profound prophecy, Te ngō tō rātou atua ko tama i rorokutia, he atua pai otira ka ngaroa nō te tangata. The name of their God will be tama i rorokutia, the son who was killed, a good God. However, the people would still be oppressed, which has remained the reality. So, New Zealand is a profoundly prophetic nation alive with the Spirit of God. Now, so what does this tell you? It tells you that the Holy Spirit moves and breathes and speaks, not just when someone figures out how to be a good person, right? It does, it's, not, it's not just this activation of like, you've now, you've now come to the foot of Jesus, now and only now can I start using you. Actually, God speaks beyond our behavior and beyond our activity because he is the God who is always speaking. Creation is always speaking. Yeah, make sense? Cool, and so out of Toiro, we have, um, who have we got next? Shuck up there. Te Koti. so Te Koti was, 
He was mentored by Toidor. Now, Takorti, this guy, he's unreal. So he was interpreting um, uh, Hebrew words without ever, ever reading or understanding anything about the Hebrew world. Writings and diary documentations of angels that had turned up and talked to him about all these different things, and he was going, "Oh yeah, da da da. This word here means da 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 da," and had this crazy um, experience. Again, a speaking God bringing some level of revelation. Carry on. Um, and then we have this guy might be familiar to some of you, Tahupotiki Wudamudatana from Wanganui. During the period, does everyone remember um, who's the um, the guy, the English guy that came to New Zealand and all those healings happened. What was his name in the 1900s? Smith Wigglesworth. So everyone in the church knows Smith Wigglesworth, eh? This guy was around at the same time and people were writing to him from all over the world and uh, he had a marae filled with canes, filled with wheelchairs and the, the, the greatest healing ministry that New Zealand has ever seen, ever but we only know about Smith Wigglesworth, eh? So what, why do I bring all this up? I bring this up to say, God has been speaking in Aotearoa for a really, really, really long time. So when we're gonna be talking about uh, entering into what does it mean to be a uh, spirit-led, spirit-inspired, spirit-driven person, we have to understand that we are participating in the story. We are not the focal point, we're just part of it. That makes sense? So the conversation, um, I would just say this, and I said this before, but you and I, we are not a new story. And the story that we are part of has not started with us. And the story that you have been called to participate in will not end with you. The story you hope to participate in will only be done by allowing the sacred spirit of Jesus to lead you into the way of Jesus. Cool? So we believe in the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, the God who was and is and is to come. And it's important that we understand that right from the biblical story, right through to our contextual historical story, we have to jump in and participate in God's redemptive and restorative work. Now, as we start talking about uh, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Who and you know all sorts of conceptions about this, my daughter drew this picture. And I just want you to have a quick conversation with your neighbor about what you think that is. Bearing in mind that, that Jesus said, he said, you know, unless you can become like a child, you cannot enter into the, the kingdom of God. But really what he was meaning was unless you can interpret children's artwork, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So uh, do we have any guesses? Any guesses about what this is? A garden? Yep. No. So you're not entering. Um, who else? Anyone else? No. No one wants to get, no one wants, sorry man, that's so harsh. Um, this is obviously a road, you people. Um, and I just put this up because the conversation around Holy Spirit often feels like this great interpretive work, right? It just feels like the, the big mystery that sometimes we leave to the end, like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get there. And especially if you've grown up in church and you've had some not great experiences, some people have treated Holy Spirit like you get to become the Christian Harry Potter and just zap people and zap things like ba-bow, healing and da that was gonna fall down and boom, that mountain move and you know, all of those types of things. Like you're just, has anyone seen Boy? 
And you know how he's like, we're trying to move the bus? And he's like, and I think sometimes that's how we've been taught to think about the Holy Spirit, eh? like just intensity. Some of you have, have got great connections to smoke machines and um, emotional music. And, um, and so trying to interpret and understand Holy Spirit is complex for you. Some of you it's tingles and some of you it's the lesser, lesser member of the Trinity. Um, it's just kind of like the ghost that hangs around who's a little bit weird. Um, and sometimes you notice. We want to dive a little bit further into that. So if you jump into the next slide. These three words are really important for our imagination and how we think about this. So ruach is, um, and if I get any of this wrong, just um, go and talk to Donald afterwards and he'll correct me. Uh, but the ruach is in the, in the Hebrew context, that was the concept of the breath or the spirit of God. Okay, so we see it in Genesis, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the, and the man became a living being. So breathed the ruach, breathed into him the breath of life. In the New Testament, we have this concept of pneuma, which is, again, the, this breath, this wind, um, the concept of a moving, speaking, breathing God um, is evidenced in there. And within, within that, one of the things that I think is important is, here I've put this, these letters, Y-H-V-H, which yod um, heh which was the, the concept of Yahweh, the way of understanding God. Now, some of the uh, rabbinical scholars believed that Yahweh wasn't just a name that you would utter, it was literally your breath. It, so his, God's name was found in your breath, which is pretty cool, right? So anytime you're struggling with like, oh, I don't think God loves me and whatever else, you can go, his, his name is in my breath. His affirmation of me is literally living inside of my breath, which is pretty cool. Now, if we um, jump down into John 20, 19, 23, I just want to read this from um, a version of the Bible called the First Nations version. It's really cool. It says this, it was now late in the same day, the first day of the week. His followers were all hiding behind locked doors in fear of being captured by the tribal leaders. Suddenly, Creator sets free, or Jesus, himself was standing in front of them and said, peace be with you. He then showed them where the iron nails had pierced his hands and where the spear had cut into his side. When they saw their wisdom keeper, the Lord, the hearts of his followers were filled with joy. So he said to them again, peace be with you. In the same way, the father above has sent me. I am now sending you. He blew his breath on them and said, you will breathe in and receive the pneuma, the Holy Spirit with his wisdom and guidance. If you release others from their bad hearts and broken ways, they are released. It's a cool way, creator sets free. It's a cool way of thinking about Jesus. So again, it's this, the concept of uh, the presence of God entering into our reality, available to us. And then there's uh, another idea around the paraclete. Okay, and so the, the etymology of that one is to be alongside. Um, and so it, it, it references these kind of words, helper, advocate, comforter, counselor. Um, it's this idea that it's not just that Holy Spirit is there to make you feel good about your life, but he's actually here to empower your life, make your life work. Like Jesus is not such a sad guy that he went, here's my way, do it yourself. Like he went, here's my way, do it with the Trinity, with the Godhead, with the Trinity, do it with us. We're here with you. Here's my helper. I'm here to help. Cool. And then we have uh, Teho Ora. 
So some of you have heard of Brad Harmey, he's a good friend of mine. He, he kind of describes, he thinks that uh, the whole order would be a better definition or dis, uh, translation of Holy Spirit than Wairua Tapu. And he, he refers it like this, ho, the vital essence, vitality of a person, place or object, or um, the wind, breeze, breath, order, life, health, safety, vitality. Now, this is actually a great picture because te ho order, so this is the, the essence, you're the breath, that's your essence is activated by the presence of God, which leads you to life, which is ultimately the word ho order, right? Which is the holistic health, your all of life health. So the, the principles of God, the way of the spirit leads you to ho order, not just Sunday order or Wednesday order or prayer meeting order, but all of life, te ho order, for your ho order. Make sense? Cool. And so here is the picture. Through the ruach, the breath, the wind of Yahweh, yod heh we were created. And through the ruach, Yahweh affirms and sustains us. Through the pneuma, the breath, the wind, Jesus breathes on his disciples and us and fills us with his presence. As the paraclete, the advocate, the Holy Spirit is the advocate, he advocates for us and gets beside us to walk with us so that we can live spirit-empowered lives that lead to ho-water, all of life health, and to union with te ho-water, with the Holy Spirit. Cool? He never intended for you to do life without him. And I had this feeling even coming here that there's almost like a weariness even about this conversation of like, do I even have enough energy to ask Holy Spirit to come and meet me again? Do I have enough energy or belief? And I've just seen, even since I've been here, I've just feeling, I've just sensed Holy Spirit hovering above us. And whether you believe that's true or whether you believe that, whatever, it doesn't actually matter to me because Holy Spirit, he wants, his desire is to make himself known to you. He doesn't, he's not trying to hide himself from you. And so somehow in our context of our gathered spaces, we have to get to a point of going, he wants to be with me because I'm his kid and he loves me and he wants me to know that. He wants me to know that he's close. Now, I wanna posture us towards thinking about the Holy Spirit in two different paradigms, the sacred ordinary and the sacred radical. So the sacred ordinary, let's talk about it as a long obedience in the same direction. That's a good, good Eugene term. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, in Jesus's life, that looks like all of the ritual, the rhythm, the attendance of temple, the prayers, the silence, the solitude, but it also looked like hospitality, talking with outcasts, washing of people's feet. It's one of the reasons why I actually value Dan so much is because he embodies so much of the sacred ordinary in such a really beautiful and inspiring way. Uh, but it was the all of life, everyday submission of Jesus um, in the little things. Uh, one of my friends, uh, his name's Ben Work, he's an artist here in Auckland, and um, he, he, I'm gonna share this story, I haven't asked him about it, so I'll apologize after. But he, he would do this thing where in the morning, he would wake up and he would go like, Holy Spirit, I invite you, um, what do you reckon I should wear today? And some of us would go like, oh mate, that's just ridiculous, like, you know. But my brother has an unreal relationship with God where he invites Holy Spirit to be part of everything that he does. Um, pretty much every morning at my, in my house that I grew up in, you will find my parents in the same place. 
uh, with their Bibles open, praying, and um, my dad wandering around the house, speaking in tongues and all sorts of other things. There's a sacred, ordinary part of that. There's no heaven opening, may occasionally, but for the most part, it's not, right? It's just this repeated over and over rhythm. Now, the sacred radical, let's define that as the manifest presence of a supernatural God in our midst. And um, it kind of looks like Jesus in his life, healing deformed hands, hanging out with ancestors on a mountain. Imagine that. That'd be cool. Forgiving people, which probably doesn't sound radical, but I think that actually is radical. Um, raising the dead, spitting in someone's eyes to heal their blindness. And Jesus said you can do all of these things, even greater things. And so today, I plan on spitting on a few people's faces and just, no, I just, I can't imagine getting to that point where I was that obedient. <laughs> just like, I think I would probably be so nervous about doing it, it would just spit and dribble down my own shin of just like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> be healed? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but this, one of the ways that this can look like is, uh, I'll give you a story, one of my good friends, he was in America, and um, the sacred radical sort of entering into all of life, and uh, he's at a church, and um, he sees this, he's, it's in the ministry time afterwards, and he sees this massive unit of a human walking down the aisle, and he's already like shaking, and um, he hears God say, go and stand behind him and wrap your arms around him. I'm not going to ask for a volunteer. <laughs> so he goes to this huge dude and he's just standing <laughs> like this around this guy and the guy starts like shaking and then he like lurches forward like that and he's like shaking and now he's off the ground just like bouncing on this guy's back. And then the guy like falls over on the floor and now he's got his hands locked under this dude and he's just like bouncing on top of him like really... Again, I probably won't try that. Um, but what happens is he hears God say, kiss him on the back of the neck. And so he looks at his neck and it's rivers of sweat and goodness flowing down his neck. And he kisses him and he quickly gets his Bible and leaves. And uh, he was at a restaurant and it, later on that night, the guy came and he's like, you should have heard what God did in my life. And he goes over and he's like, I better just find out what happened. And he said, when he, he became a follower of Jesus, his family was Jewish and in the Jewish tradition, the way that you, you would pass your father's blessing on was to kiss someone on the back of the neck. And his father had rejected him and refused to give his blessing because of his following of Jesus. And so you go, that's radical way. Eh? Awesome. So everyone just... Find someone right now and just going to wrap you enough. <laughs> um, just another, another way, we've got my little baby, Te'ayo, down the back. We, I felt like God speak uh, a, a while ago uh, saying to our community that God was going to impregnate our community with a new sense of purpose and it would be metaphored by physical and actual pregnancy. Now, when I gave that word, I didn't even know that we were pregnant. But in that moment, there were like five couples in our community that were already pregnant. So there's like, you know, that's the radical, the, the Holy Spirit entering into our ordinary life, but doing these really radical things. In Matthew 28, this, it talks about this whole idea of, you know, go into all the world and make disciples. But some people have said that a better translation of that is, as you go 
into all the earth. And I think that's really important. There's an as-you-go part of Jesus' life from which he's just, he's responding, he's noticing. When we, me and Atta got married, the guy that took the wedding, he said to us, if you want to do anything well, learn to notice one another. And I, I think that's probably some of the most profoundly important marital advice, but also the most important relational advice in our connection to God, right? We learn to notice, which the indigenous world does amazingly. It's always looking for signs and tohu and ideas about creation and the world and what's happening. And we often just wait for Sunday. What's God up to? I said to our community that if all of your hopes are on a stage for two hours on a Sunday, then the stage is where all of your hopes will die. Like our life was meant to be alive with the Spirit of God entering into us all the time. So the sacred ordinary and the sacred radical, it's, it's both and is the desire, but we often lean one way or the other. Some of you are here because you've had amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit, right? Whether it's at a youth group or you've had moments. Some of you are here because you just have a deep sense that you know that God's real and you've just been faithful chipping away. I, my whole life, has been shaped by visions and signs and prophetic words and all sorts of things like that. My mum... Her life is like the ordinary, like just, but she does it so beautifully. She's always praying and always thinking and writing and reading and all of these different things. And her life is amazing. Now, as I get older, I long more for the sacred ordinary. Uh, in my life, I'm like, oh man, God, just help me be half as beautiful as she is. Um, but that's what we see all the time. And so what we end up doing in the church is we end up going, that guy up the, up the front, he's so gifted, I want him to mentor me. Because we value the gift, but we actually don't value the gift, uh, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, which is the time spent with God in which our lives get formed. So we go to these people who are charismatic and whatever, and we are hoping that they are fully formed and fully alive people, instead of seeing all of the ordinary people around us that are doing the sacred ordinary in such beautiful ways. I'm looking at that time. Are we all right? Cool. And, and here's an important thing. The gifts of the Spirit, they, things like prophecy and other things like that, they don't disappear based on your behavior. So you could actually be a giant mess and you'll still prophesy. Actually, I know, I know someone who is so prophetic and just lost their way and they were talking to a friend of mine in the middle of all of the swearing and all of these other things that were going on, they just dropped like these incredible prophetic words. <laughs> and it's just like the conundrum of my friend who's listening to this going like, that is the Lord and yet you are messed up, right? <laughs> and, um, and this is important. The gifts of the Spirit are part of God's DNA, His design, right? And now uh, they become as they should become when the sacred ordinary is in place, right? When our rhythms and our ritual and our silence and our solitude and all of these things are happening, that's when our gifts become mature and they become gifts to the church as opposed to a light show that sometimes works and is sometimes really distracting and terrible. You with me? Oh, I asked the question today because I think some of us get really comfortable in either way, right? Some of us are going, 
I just need another touch of God's presence. And that can actually be so beautiful, but it can also be really bad because what you are actually saying is, I just long for another exact same moment, like that one time that this happened and I need that again. And so it becomes with the experience, not with the one who gives the experience. And so instead of a longing for God and communion and union, we're longing for what God can offer us, right? Uh, which, again, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not the fullness of what we've been invited into. Now, and there's others of you who are so at home in the sacred ordinary, but you can also become stagnant there because your faith can become in, again, in that process of this is what I do and this is how I do it and don't you dare interrupt me, right? And again, notice, we have to be people that are noticing the active and alive presence of God in our midst. We have a longing for Holy Spirit to meet us and to enter into our reality. So whether you are feeling like, man, the sacred radical, that's been my experience, but I have a longing for the sacred ordinary to start moving me, or whether you're going, the sacred ordinary is my bread and butter, gives me life, but I need to have greater level of faith to ask again, Holy Spirit, you've met people for generations and generations in radical ways, I want that. You know my mum, so she's so faithful, hasn't had all sorts of, She's not like the most, doesn't see dreams or any of those things, but when her mum died, she was the only one in the room, and she saw the angels come down and get my, get my, my granny and take her to heaven. Like that, and, and she's just like, <laughs> so when stuff comes like that from these people that are in the sacred order, and you're like, holy heck, that's flipping amazing, right? And again, we learn to celebrate, like, oh man, you had a little bit more faith to ask, Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you. And, and I have a longing, not just that um, I would know in my heart that you're here, yeah, great, that's mature, but actually I would be childlike enough to go, oh God, I need you. I need to even know that you are right here. Because don't you get a little bit bored of just going around and around and around, like, your longing, your DNA, your designed longing is for communion with the Holy Spirit. And if we forget or lose that part of us that's like, Holy Spirit, come, then we just lose full stop. And so the Spirit-empowered life becomes a whole lot of rules and all the, the ancients, they did this, so we'll just do that and it'll be fine. And you know, Strawn, he talks about this, he said, if we can take our full belief and throw it into silence and solitude, our full expectation and ask that Holy Spirit would meet us profoundly and powerfully in these ordinary things, then we will have understood the heavenly match that's been designed for us to walk in, right? It's not just to go like, oh, phew, now I can give up all expectation of a moving, speaking, breathing God, and I'm just gonna chill out here, and uh, that's cool, I'm gonna read this, right? It's meant to be the opposite of because of these things, I'm asking and expecting the Lord Jesus to come. I want to um, finish with a story. I went on a holiday uh, with a family in the East Coast, and this little girl called Kitty Ponamu, she was like hotutu as, you know, like just everywhere. Just, she's the kind of kid that would come in and be like, I've got a ballet show. I'd be like, cool. And it'd be like an hour? And you'd be like, you're rubbish at this. You know, like, someone needs to tell her. Otherwise, she's going to end up with a Simon Cowell moment somewhere. But um, anyway, she was five, so it's probably too early to judge. Um, 
But she's sort of all over the place. And I had my guitar down on the beach, um, just in like this real picturesque Instagram moment of just, you know, background music and the waves. And, and she comes and she sits down next to me. And I'm just playing the guitar. And she just starts singing. It was, it was this most beautiful moment. She just sings, wash me, wash me. Wash me, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me, Lord. And I was just looking at her going, that's the Holy Spirit inside of you, girl. You keep going. And so we sat there for like 40 minutes just singing, wash me, wash me, wash me, Lord, fill me. Fill me, fill me, Lord. What is it about a little kid that doesn't hesitate to ask their dad for stuff? Hey, my little kid? Papa, 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 papa. I'm just like, I'm here. Yep, good. Um, cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. Oh, yeah, I feel better now. Um, some of you have grown up and forgotten that you're kids first. And we need to come back and go, Holy Spirit, Papa, come and meet me again. Come and meet me again. Can, will you stand with me? Is that all right? I just want every eye to close, if you want to. Holy Spirit, you hover above us. And right now, Lord Jesus, I want to ask that your presence would come. Would you meet people where there's been despair? Where there's been despair, come and meet Breathe your breath of life. Breathe your breath of life. Maybe some of you this morning, you want to open your hands up just before you, maybe just a little. Go, God, I long for you. Are there those of us here that are not going to put our faith in this moment right here, but are going to believe that Holy Spirit wants to meet us? He doesn't want to leave you. He said, I, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Will you be the papa, 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 papa? Or will you just stand away and go, oh, I'm sure he'll come if he wants. He wants. He longs. He is here to meet your longing, to demonstrate his power. And so I ask, Holy Spirit, fall on us. Spirit of prophecy, fall on us. Let eyes be opened right now. Let your presence manifest itself amongst us. For those that have suffered in deep despair in the last two years, I want to ask, Lord Jesus, would you meet them powerfully and profoundly? Would you meet people who are living in lament, who are going, where were you, God? Would you meet them? Would you wrap your arms around them and say, I have always been here. I collect your tears in jars. They are precious to me. Would you meet people that are longing and going, Lord, I haven't sensed your presence in years. I don't even know if I can have faith to believe again. Faith, 
Let the gift of faith be upon this community right now. Faith, faith, faith. And you can ask for that. You don't even have to choose it. You just need to ask, Lord, give me faith that I don't have. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Some of you need to lay cynicism and despair at your feet and just go, Lord, I just, I'm struggling so much, but I wanna place that down in this moment and just say, God, I need you in this moment right now. You know how I've been hurt. You know how I've been let down. Breathe your life, Lord Jesus. Wash me, wash me. Wash me, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me.